Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker, and welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Another week, Mark. Can you believe it? <laughs> yes, I can believe it. <laughs> it is good to talk to you. It's uh, good to hang out with you uh, at the close of this week, uh, almost, and just kind of catch back up with what you're doing and talk something about uh, what we've been exploring. Yeah, you know, it's always good to to kind of catch up and I guess see what we're doing and, and see where it's going and see how it's doing. Um, so I'll open up. What have you been working on? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been looking at a, a little bit more about uh, what something called named entity um, recognition. Uh, also, you could call it entity extraction. You could call it... Um, custom um what is it like like a text it's, it's basically looking at text you know un, unstructured text and trying to figure out you know this is a person this is a place this is a, a thing oh, okay. yeah it could be um dates i guess the, the kind of the corollary from you know from the voice world is is like uh looking for slots but you don't necessarily specify the, what the slots are you've got some something that's trained that, that figures out that, oh, this is a date or this is a, um, and uh, you might have a situation where you're in a, in a specific field and you want to uh, use, figure out words, like highlight words that are, you know, um, you know in that area. So like mm -hmm. legal terms or, or, or things like that. Um, you might want to classify things separately and and so there might be a reason to do some custom entity um you know recognition stuff so I, i've just been kind of looking around at different tools on the in the you know amazon world that would be uh something like uh, amazon comprehend um also done some looking at you know well how do you do this if you were to you know kind of from scratch what would what's uh, you know what what approach and that kind of led me down this whole rabbit hole with Hugging face and oh okay and so, you know Python libraries and <laughs> and all this stuff and I was just like whoa I, you know and, and what's interesting about this is that you know I'm not a Python developer I I some occasionally I guess I've glanced at some Python code but um, haven't really done it and this whole area of machine learning kind of uh, under the covers is 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 new. And so you kind of find yourself. I, I have no real context. I'm I'm really learning something from from the from the ground up. Um, and you're like, what do you do in that situation, right? No, that is very very familiar because some of what I've been doing this week is trying to start to wrap my head around how some of the LLMs are working. Yeah. Um, and I guess a few weeks back, I discovered a tool called Langchain, which also is a, a Python library, which I'm not even sure. You know, part of it was, again, I heard about it and everyone's saying, oh, this is great. This is the way to build applications on top of LLMs. It makes it so simple. I'm like, I don't even know what to what to ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I start reading it. I'm like, there must be more to this because this seems way too simple. Well, why why is there a library that does this? 
and in reading more and reading more and seeing examples and fortunately there are some people out there that are willing to talk about the the fundamentals you know the the mm-hmm. the elements of what is this product and what is the technology you know what is the what is the technology and terminology underneath it because again i i think more than anything else it's the terminology that you need to start wrapping your head around yeah i've i found that that, that that's true you're just like Part part of, part of what makes it new is is just new concepts, uh, new words, new you right. know, new phrases. Um, but something I, I do want to point out, um, maybe kind of as we talk about you know how do we tackle this? You already I think um, identified one of the things that I do too is I just find a code example. I, I go like right to the getting started or um, and and just start looking through you know what's the from a code perspective, how would I code this? How would I uh, start one of these things up, whatever it is? How do I, what inputs does it need? Uh, what what are my options for output? And so I can start to kind of put some boundaries around it. And, and it's just, you know, I guess maybe the first boundary is, you know, input, processing, output, kind of what's, you know, try to find, figure out those three pieces and, and, Kind of go from there. I don't know. That, that seems not, like something you do too. No, it's not usually. Oh, usually, okay. usually, what I prefer to do when I tackle something is try to read and understand the terminology first. Because mm-hmm. what I usually, you know, when I start seeing the code, I just see a jumble of code and I stare at it and I go, I mean, obviously it works, but yeah, you know, you're using terms and you're making calls that are magic to me but once i get at least a little bit of the of the the terminology i can understand oh that's why you called this method um chain that's that's why this is a chain yeah you know uh that's why you know you call this a model because a model has a meaning you know so so yeah once i get some of those terms i can start reading the variables and that helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I guess I like a, a, attacking it just kind of from the code point of view because I'm I'm usually like the getting started is as little lines of code as possible, and you're like, okay, I start trying to figure out that, and then then I'm like, I think I do go back to what you're saying is like, oh, I I hit this word. What does this word mean in this context? And so then I start to look yeah. around usually right around in that area or uh, you know some some documentation page or tr- try to find somebody um that, that's written an article on it that, that kind of goes through the basics of it well and and then you kind of reference the thing that i enjoy doing you know once i start reading the code i like looking at a function i'm like okay so what's the definition of this function where 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 is this function documented to tell me what it does you know, so I'll go oh, see yeah. okay. Cause you know, once I'm reading the code, I now want to make sure I understand it. You know, I can I can get some understanding, but I'm like, okay, this function just did this. Does it take other parameters? Can it do other things? You know, exactly. You're yeah. showing it with a bunch of defaults, making a whole pile of assumptions. What are those assumptions? And once I start, you know, even if I don't understand what my other options are. I'm now starting to get an inkling of what 
what it takes to do this, what else I need to know and to factor in. Yeah. You know, because if something, you know, one of the examples, for example, that I ran into in in Langcheng is that it, you know, kind of just says, oh, and you're going to need the API key. And I'm like, right, the API key. And where do I store that? And what, you know, how is it getting into this function that needs it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, once I start pulling those pieces out, I really feel like I start, I don't understand what's going on yet, but I feel like I have a handle on how to find out what's going on and where it's going. You know, or, yeah, yeah. And if you look at a function and you're like, that's it, that is, that is all the arguments. You're like, okay, that's, I, you, you can kind of compartmentalize and say, okay, that's all this thing does. Versus yeah. sometimes you see this option, it's got like 20 different options. And you're like, okay, whoa, this, this, this is something that's, that's very flexible here, or, you know, has lots of different, uh, you know, knobs that can be turned to, to customize it. So you kind of start feeling you know, like, this is this is a narrow path. This is a kind of a broad mm -hmm. topic that you want to explore deeper. Right. Well, that's it exactly. It's not just, oh, there are a lot of knobs. It's, well, okay, these knobs do something. What does that mean? What does temperature mean when we raise that question? What is a model name? What are the available model names? How do I find out what the available model names are? You know, these are, these, you know, whereas before you go into it thinking, oh, I'm just, you know, plugging in one thing and getting something back. Yeah. Now you start saying, oh, there are things that I need to know. How do I know what those are? And how do I know what good values are and where this rabbit hole is clearly important? Where do I learn that information? Yeah. You know, and I think that's important to understand. At least for me, it's important to understanding. You know, one of the things that frustrates me when I do a hello world in any language is I'm just like, okay, you just made your language look really simple. And I know it's not. You haven't shown me any loops. <laughs> you know, I don't know how I'm reading from a file. There's a whole bunch of stuff that your hello world example is hiding under the covers. And until I find any of that out, I don't trust you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so ha have you had to explore too much? I guess, do you have, do you have experience in, in Python in the past? Have you had to explore some new, uh, that is a new language recently? Well, so, so I got lucky. Um, I had started reading up on all of this in Python and I had started learning the terminology of everything through the Python documentation. And then they announced Langchain JavaScript. For TypeScript, oh, interesting! So, I'll, have to look, I'll have to look at that. So I was able to say, okay, now I'll take all of this base information that I have and go look at the JavaScript documentation and apply it, which is good because the JavaScript documentation is very short on all of those explanations because it assumes you understand where you were coming from in the Python world. Oh, because what and one of the reasons why all of this is in Python is that a lot of the AI experimentation and AI research and all of that's been done with Python in the past. Yeah. Um, but the reason why Langchain has has created a JavaScript uh, version is because more and more people are doing website work and web server work with Node using 
these AI tools. And Python's not a great language for that. So they're trying to create stuff that, you know, has a similar feel on both platforms. So there isn't too much extra work they need to do. And some of the file formats will be the same between the two platforms. So there's less work they need to do. Um, and we see where it goes from there. So I've started playing around with it a little bit in the JavaScript version, but I need to keep referring to the Python documentation to understand what it does. Yeah. Um, and kind of read through the Python examples to see what you're trying to do here. Yeah, this isn't exactly the same thing, but it is interesting when you when you hit something and you have a choice of languages. You know, in some cases you just choose the language that you're that you know that you're familiar with. That that's your pro predominantly. But I remember when I first switched over from Visual Basic. Uh, when .NET came out, you could choose your language. You could choose uh, C Sharp, or you could choose Visual Basic .NET. And originally, I was thinking, oh, I'll just go with VB.NET. There's not, you know, no reason why not to. It's you know the same thing in the end. Um, but I quickly realized that most, if not all, of the examples were in C Sharp, and I had already had some experience. There's, you know, I had done, there's a number of different reasons why I, you know, I wasn't like the typical visual basic programmer, but um, at that point I needed to decide, uh, you know, I just decided I was going to bite the bullet and, and learn C sharp and, and, you know, very happy that I did. That was like the right, the, the right choice uh, uh, from my perspective. But um, it, it is interesting, like with a library like this, where, you know, Right now, the the JavaScript documentation isn't as um, well fleshed out, and may may actually lag if if the majority of people initially yeah. are using it uh, with with Python, then then that might be where the documentation is. So you might end up having to learn enough Python to be able to understand the documentation, so you can figure out okay, what's the equivalent in JavaScript or well, and and this also occurred to me today is that um, you know, we have a tool now that will help us that you didn't have back in your VBNet days. And that's that we have things like ChatGPT and Copilot where we can just give it a chunk of code and say, what does this code do? Or translate this code into JavaScript or the equivalent and, you know, mm -hmm not necessarily use it verbatim, but use that as a way to help understand what it is that the code is supposed to be doing. Yeah, and and, and funny enough, I've uh, had some time to explore recently some new services on AWS. And um, I had asked somebody a, a question online, uh, I think it was on, on Twitter and, and uh, it, it was taking a little while to get back to me. He had, it was, his his post had triggered some some question or thought that I had, so I follow, asked a follow up question, and then um, I didn't get an answer immediately. And I just happened to have Chat GPT open, so I asked the same question to Chat Chat GPT, and I and I got an example, uh, you know, an, an answer, and part of that answer hinted at something, and I'm like, oh, I wonder, I, I want to learn a little bit more, so I asked a follow up question about that. So I, st I started having this conversation 
about this um, AWS service and learning more about it, asking what its limitations were, asking about throughput, showing, give me an example in either JavaScript or TypeScript, and it did. Um, it happened to choose the um, AWS SDK version two, and I said, could you give me that same example in AWS SDK for JavaScript version three? And it did. And I'm just like, holy See, cow, this is crazy. Sometimes it works really well, and other times it works really poorly. I oh, was, yeah. I, I, I don't know if the, the code's 100%. Oh, I, I was doing something with um, with SQL, and I was beating my head around it. And I finally gave the query that I know was running to, um, to ChatGPT and asked, how do I you know, what is this doing? And it gave me an almost correct answer, not quite correct. And I asked it, yeah. well, okay, how do I get it to do, you know, this insert in this particular way? And it gave me a wrong answer, but in researching the wrong answer using real documentation, I found the right answer. So, you know, I don't trust chat GPT, not in the slightest. Yeah. But I trust but it's very it enough. confident in its answers. It's really confident in its answers, which is why I don't trust it. Um, but it, it usually gives me an answer that gives me some things to start with on Google. Yeah. And then two or three jumps later, I'll find what I'm actually looking for. Well, and I've, and I've even experimented with like, uh, you know, can you give me some links of where I could find that information, <laughs> you know, of the thing I just talked. And so it gave me some links and I oh, followed really? the links. That worked. Yeah. Interesting, because usually it refuses to do links. And the last time it gave me a link, it gave me the wrong one. Oh. Like completely wrong. But anyway, um, you know, and obviously. Once again, I, that's been, it's been trained for like from years ago. It's It's got still old data. So nothing new is. Yeah. This, this was a case where it was a question about something that was years old. It was well before oh, okay. its training data. Oh, okay. This this it should have known this one and it got it wrong and it it pointed me to the wrong page for the wrong ver and I specified what version I wanted and it pointed me to a fictitious page for that version <laughs> and I figured it out you know it it wasn't that it led me completely astray it's just it was wrong and yeah. It's wrong, you know. <laughs> Obviously, I, I'm interested enough in this technology that I'm, you know, installing libraries in Python that I never thought I would do, and you know, uh, playing around with it that I'm I'm trying, and I think it's important that we do try and experiment. But I think it's also important that we realize we're still better programmers than it is. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not worried about it taking my job yet, um, but I do see the usefulness of tools because sometimes you need to to understand your you're, you're given a chunk of code you need to understand it um or you need to you know do something that's similar but not quite something that you're looking at and you're, or you just want to understand a new technology there's lots of different areas like if if there was some accurate training on aws of all of its services documentation and samples and and there was like an aws chat gpt um, that was, you know, just just concentrated on that service and stuff. I probably would use it quite frequently. Probably, but don't be so sure that it would be accurate. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Would, that that would be the the part that 
you know, I, I was would be hoping that if it was only trained on authorized AWS sources, that it would be more accurate. But that may be a faulty assumption. Well, that's not how we're, we're going to need to go in sometime about how LLMs work, because that's not how LLMs work. Yeah. LLMs work on word patterns. And if there are misleading word patterns that end up in there, it can very much lead you astray. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's I, I have a, a friend of mine, Noble Ackerson, has uh, just published an article actually about why LLMs are not sources for information. They are sources for good language patterns. And that's all they're good at. <laughs> if they happen to hit on the truth, that's coincidental. <laughs> it really yeah. is. And we need good, to make sure we link. understand yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong, good word patterns are good. You know, that's yeah. what we're doing in the voice field is, you know, making sure we can turn the the word patterns that a person is saying into something actionable and reply with word patterns that make sense. Yeah. I mean, that, that's literally kind of the fundamental of what we're doing in the voice world and in the chatbot world. Um, so it's important stuff. Um, but that doesn't make it a source of truth. Yes, that and, is and, that is a true statement. Yeah. <laughs> I guess tying back to, to the how do we learn stuff, I think that's one of the important things about how we learn is that we do try, we do make mistakes, and we do look at things critically. Yeah. You know, so we don't, you know, say, oh, hey, this hello world, I can do it in, in one line. This language must be terse and clear and wonderful. Well, okay, that means you can make hello world, you know, programs yeah. in one line. But how often do you make a hello world program? You know, yeah, not yeah. not very often. What what are the other things that we look at <laughs> to evaluate a language for our needs? Yeah. You know, and over time we start to learn what are those things that are important for us. So, um something else I do and you know, especially if I, if it's something that's that's brand new context is I try to make connections with other things that I know and um and sometimes, sometimes it's not, you know, that's not there. You're, you're learning something completely new, but sometimes you're like, oh, okay. I see that this is this, or like, I've, I've noticed, uh, like in comprehend to train a custom, um, like a custom entity, um, extractor, then you need to, you know, provide a training file that has sentences that include the words that you want to 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 extract and there's a you need to provide a test file and then you need to provide a list of entities and say you know if this this word or these two two or three words together is classify that as a you know whatever you're you know, like a sport or a you know i don't know whatever right uh, whatever category you're going to classify it as, and you're like, well, that's okay. That's very interesting. And then, I, then you look at hugging face, and you're like, oh, a hugging face wants you to have a sentence that's already broken into tokens. So now you've got an array of string tokens for each of the different words that are in the sentence, and then you have an array of, um, you know, like numbers that represent 
what type of thing it is. Zero for don't classify this. And, you know, like one for, for sport, but then, then it's also like broken up into like two could be, you know, one could be sport when it's at the, when it's the very first word in this, in a multi-word sport and uh, like, so a, a B sport and an I sport and you're like, oh, okay. So that's how they do it under the covers. I wonder if that's really very similar that, you know, basically you know, comprehend is either using a different approach or it has just kind of put a fancier front end on the, you know, on the process. And, and, you know, at its core, it's kind of doing the same exact thing. No, I agree. In fact, you know, one of, one of the things that's really good is when we can relate it to things that we have experience with, which is how you introduced, you know, um, the subject to begin with, you know, you said this, you know, the, this is like slots, where we don't have defined slots. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. You know, I can I can wrap my head around that model. You know, yeah, it, or... it, it, and that mental model might only get you so far, and you might have to modify your m- mental model after you learn some new things. Like, okay, well, it's not actually like that, or it's only that it's only like that in this situation, and then, but what about all these other things? And so. It, it, it mental models, you know, you want could kind of help you grasp and get things to a certain point, but then you have to realize that it, it might be a wrong mental model or, or, or might only take you so far. Right. But, you know, but in the same way, when we started working with voice, you know, we had this notion of, you know, what is an intent? Well, oh, yeah. An intent <laughs> is a bunch of phrases and the function that it calls, right? Well, no, as, as you learn more, you're like, okay, yes, that includes an intent, but you know, the intent isn't the function itself. It's the expression and you have a handler that's attached to it. That's the function. And, you know, yes, it involves slots, but it can involve, it's not just phrases, it's bigger things because the phrases go into a training system and it can create its own phrases without you knowing it, you know? So yeah. Slots can be open or closed. Right. They can, you, know, you know, and the more you understand, the more it all makes sense, but you're starting with a, a framework that you're building on. And I, you know, yeah. and I feel that the best, uh, the best libraries are the ones that give you that basic framework and let you build from there, you know, let you see, hey, these objects have other methods that let you do other stuff. Um, but it doesn't completely break what you think you were doing. Yeah, I, yeah, that's uh, interesting. I just just um, thinking through different, you know, different things. Um, some of the I guess the thing that I was just thinking of is like some of part of trying to figure out is, is like, what would I do with this thing? Why, why is this yes. important? Why was it created? Why, yes. what wasn't there that what problem does this solve? And, you know, trying to figure that out. Sometimes that takes some detective work trying to figure out what, why does this thing even exist? Why, why don't I do it this other way? Or. No, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, one of the things with Langchain that I'm sitting, that I still wrestle with is, you know, okay. Um, Langchain has these things called chains. Clever name. Yep. And on the surface, it sounds like a chain is just, you know, we're going to to take 
this one module and call it and take the results of that and feed it into the next module and take the results of that and feed it into the next module. So like a pipeline. Right. And I'm like, so is this a pipeline? Why is it literally just three lines in there that is call this, get the result, take it and pass it the, you know? Yeah. Why, why is a chain exist? Why did somebody not just think that it was important enough to create but important enough to to name the package after it, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, which which is why I feel like I'm missing something crucial. Yeah, because my obvious solution is I should just be calling these APIs one after the other. What am I missing? And I've got to be missing something. Uh, but knowing that you're missing something helps you understand that you need to look for it. You know, yeah. as, as you said, you know, why, why is this package exist? It's got to exist for a reason. Once you figure out that reason, it will make more sense. Everything will make more sense. Everything will suddenly fall into place. Yeah. And you can say like, oh, this is very useful. I can see why this is, or like, oh, this was, this was one approach that this person took and, you know, it, it, I, it doesn't make sense for me. I, I, I like this. I prefer this other framework over here or this other library instead, or, or, you know, I, something I want to create, uh, you know, um, you know, the, it doesn't solve the problem the way that I wanted to. So I'm going to create something else. Right. Right. And that's an important thing to consider is, you know, and that's, I think one of the most important things is what is the problem I'm trying to solve? You know, in a lot of cases, we're just looking at technology for the sake of trying to understand it. But it needs to be, you know, it needs to be there to solve a problem. Yeah. Um, and as you said, what what was the problem it was trying to solve when it was created? What what was the problem the author of it was trying to solve? You know, when we talk about, for example, creating, when I talked about multivocal, for example, yeah. I would say the reason why multivocal existed is because the review team was making us do X and Y and Z. And it was getting kind of stupid that all of every time I would re-implement X and Y and Z. So I created a library that did X and Y and Z for me every single time. So I didn't have to implement it again. That's that's why we have libraries. Yeah. You're like, okay, I've I've I need this thing solved. You go out and you take a look uh and try to find something that meets that need. Sometimes it, you find something that's perfect for it. Sometimes you you find something that kind of partially solves it. And you're like, oh, is this something I want to make modifications to or adapt? Um, is it enough for um, me to build on top of? To yeah, you know, or, does it, does or it is fit this into what yeah. I'm doing? Yeah, or is this something I just need to you know create? And so that's that's you know partly why I do open source projects and and you know and sometimes I I build something from from scratch. Um, like the badge badgerific library, I I, I I there were some some solutions that kind of did it, but it didn't do exactly what I wanted to do. So I, I created my own. Um, other times it's like, I really like working on the Jovo framework. So I'll just create a plugin for, for Jovo to, uh, to do that. Um, oh, um, just this week, the big query plugin that I created for Jovo was released. Oh, fantastic. So at we some should, point we'll have we to should, talk more about that. Say but... We should talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, and some people are, are already excited about it, and there was like some final things that we needed to do as far as uh, some some modifications to the 
pull request and uh, somebody else jumped in and did it. And so I kind of feel like it's already kind of a, been a collaborative effort from the start. Right. You know, that that is one of the great things about in evaluating some of the stuff is seeing, you know, it's not just that there is a person driving it, although there usually is, but it's also that there is a community that is uh, helping it along the way. Yep. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the other things that I, I feel like when I'm going and learning something is important to me is if I can look at it and see, okay, it's not just that the author wrote something and put it into the package. It's that somebody else made a YouTube video, made a blog post, you know, wrote their own documentation, wrote commentary about how they're using it, wrote their own samples and right. discussed those samples. Those are the signs to me of, you know, that uh, you know that a product is worth looking at more, and these are the things that help me understand it better. Right, because you get somebody else's perspective on yeah. on how how it's being used, and um, and that might you know mesh a little bit more with with the approach that you take or explain it in a, in a way that that's that makes it uh, clearer to you. Right. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about uh, about your your discoveries with uh with entity extraction and i'm uh, i'm very much i am hopeful that that we get somebody from langchain on here oh that would uh, be awesome to to really talk about it because i've got a lot of questions and i'm sure a lot of other people do as well so uh, hopefully we're we'll we'll get somebody on here as a guest host at some point yeah that would be that would be good and and you know we're excited about uh the things that you're working on on too or if maybe maybe you're a little bit farther ahead of us on some of the things that we're you know researching or looking at uh or have tips for you know videos to watch or other links or whatever just would love to hear from you on the types of stuff that you're learning and working on and kind of how you your approach to learning something completely new you know hopefully we've been a little bit helpful and uh we'd be excited to learn from you as well and uh, whatever you share with us, we are more than happy to talk about it another time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alan. Take care, Mark.